0: Okay, we shall continue our Sunday sermon sessions within the Gospel of John, and the portion of scripture for this session is in chapter 10, and we will begin in verse 1 and moving forward at the information and the context that must be honored and respected, which is in relation to chapter 9. That is important information we must receive. Chapter 10, in regards to the parable of the Good Shepherd, as it is so described commonly as, which would be found in verse 1 through verse 21, is in direct connection, context, to chapter 9 in regards to the healing of the man who was born blind. It will make much more sense if we allow the context to reveal the message in that regard. And so the man who was born blind, who was healed by the Christ, received hostility from the religious leaders of the day the Sanhedrin, and more so from the Pharisaical kind. And they put out this man who was born blind from the synagogue because he would not deviate or compromise the truth of the matter, which was this man Jesus healing him, allowing him to see And as a direct result of this miraculous witness which occurred in these recorded words, the growing persecution against Christ was building. And with that in mind, please understand that what Jesus is going to be saying in verse 1 of chapter 10 and following is in direct connection to what has taken place regarding this blind man who now sees, he could see, and the religious leaders who are against what took place there. Verse 1 Truly, truly, I say to you, again, Christ speaking for our. Keen attention. He who does not enter by the door into the fold of the sheep, but climbs up some other way, he is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door, is a shepherd of the sheep what you are going to be reading is the descriptive condition of the religious leaders of the day and also of the christ and how we must discern the difference one producing death the other producing life and christ will describe the jews the sanhedrin and the pharisaical kind within that description as thieves robbers strangers and hired hands Four things. Christ will refer to himself as the unique shepherd. Different from the thief, the robber, the stranger, and the hired hand. The thief, in the context of Christ speaking about the religious leaders... In regards to what had just taken place with the blind man now seeing because of the Christ. The thief is one who takes secretly manipulation, deception. He is one who would creep in another way. Not through the upright and public transparent way which is the gate in front that has a gatekeeper. He will come in another way, and it is for the purpose to secretly steal. These kinds can creep in unnoticed, as Jude would speak of in principle. These kinds will infiltrate And will befriend you with nefarious motive, divisive and sinister corruption. But it is done secretly. And there's a difference between privacy and the context of this thievery. It is not something that would be understood as private information. This is secretly slithering whispering gossip deception in order to steal robbery is a intimidated and forceful taking so we understand the difference between the descriptive words Christ is using in regards to the Pharisees the Pharisees we're both thieves and we've shared what that looks like and robbers forceful tyrants the diatrophic bully taking with intimidation taking forcefully and what they take is not theirs this is in regards in connected context to the blind man who was put out they would manipulate situations and psychologically deceive for their own selfish gain. And Christ is describing them in its accurate form. But Christ, oh, there's a little song. But Christ is the door. Now, you have to envision, of course, first century sheep, shepherd, and the labor of that practice. There would be, let's say, in a square or a round, a square, most likely, walls made of rock. Now, they were not tall, they were about waist high. But there was only one way in there, and that was through the gate, and you had a gatekeeper. And the shepherd would bring in the sheep and they would remain in that barricaded location, that location of security and safety. He who enters by the door is a shepherd of the sheep because he is transparent. He can go through the front door. He doesn't need to sneak in through the window, you see. So the Christ is of the way and he is the door and he is the shepherd of the sheep but the other ways of the pharisaical kind are of thievery and robbery and he continues and says in verse 3 to him the doorkeeper opens to whom verse 2 of course He who enters by the door is a shepherd of the sheep. To him, the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. The shepherd... The good shepherd is the Christ, the Messiah, Jesus. And he is described as having a unique voice in which his sheep can hear. But those who are deaf cannot. Those who claim to hear don't hear. Those who claim to see are blind. The blind man in chapter 9 heard his voice. He was a sheep of the Messiah. And of course, Christ is speaking of the fold of the Jewish nation, Israel, in this here immediate context in time, in history. And he is described as the door and as one who calls and one who leads. Very different, again, from the thievery and robbery of the Pharisaical, who claimed to be the lead, the leaders. Verse 4, When he puts forth all his own, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. The sheep follow the result of whom's voice they receive. And, those who are following the Christ have been liberated from the shackles of the thieves and robbers. And the blind man who now sees has been liberated from the shackles and bondage of those religious leaders of the day, the Jews. A stranger in verse 5, They simply will not follow, but will flee from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. The blind man who had been made well and capable of seeing now, he was not listening to the voice of strangers or thieves or robbers, which were the Sanhedrin, the Pharisees. But whose voice was he hearing? Who was he being called by? And whom was he being led by? The good shepherd. The door. Why are we here as the East Coast Church of Christ? Because he called us and he leads us. And we hear his voice. In other words, we read his words and we know who he is. And that's why we chose no longer to be subordinates to a tyrant, to deceivers, thieves, and robbers, Pharisees. A stranger they simply will not follow but will flee from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. Thieves, robbers, strangers... Now this figure of speech, Jesus spoke to them in verse 6. It says, But they did not understand what those things were which he had been saying to them. What is he talking about? They would have understood, obviously, to the culture of shepherds and sheep. They would have certainly understood that form of employment and career. But the association that was being made or claimed from Christ being the good shepherd, they were blind to it. So Jesus said to them again in verse 7, Truly, truly, I say to you, Again, pay close attention and hear the words and receive what is being said. He says, I am the. That's unique. Door of the sheep. Christ, of course, here saying, I am the door. We've seen Christ say, I am the light. I am the way. I am the bread. I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me, verse 8, are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. And when he speaks of all, we must respect the context. He's not speaking of the prophets of old who were faithful to God. He is speaking of the Sanhedrin, the Jews, the leaders, the Pharisees, Sadducees, chief priests, elders, scribes, And it would be quite offending to them to hear this information being explained because they were born and raised to read such prophets as Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Ezekiel. And they would remember that the psalmist spoke of the Good Shepherd being God to his people, Israel. And he would also, they would also remember the uh, the prophet Isaiah, in speaking God as the good shepherd to the people Israel, and I would encourage you to look at those verses when you have the time Psalm 80, verse 1, Isaiah 40, verse 11. And we also see in Jeremiah the speaking of an evil or evil shepherds in Jeremiah 23, verses 1 through 4. And Ezekiel 34, verse 4 and following, speaking of the Messiah to come, to be the good shepherd. This information was available to them prior to the very moment Christ speaking to them here in this chapter. Truly fascinating. I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. They did not hear the secret whisperings and gossips and deception and manipulation of those pharisaical kinds. They did not bow down in submission to the tyrannical intimidation, the robbery, the high-handed taking of forcef- in forceful ways of these brutes. But they heard the tender and compassion and authoritative voice of our Lord and Master. I am the door, he says in verse 9. If anyone enters through me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. That simply means the sheep who hears his voice goes through him. And we saw and we see How one goes through Christ when Christ revealed it in John chapter 3 verse 3 to Nicodemus. Born again. Verse 5 of chapter 3. Out of water and the Spirit. That is going through. Through. I am the door if anyone enters. Anyone. And this language is important. Both Jew and Greek. Now salvation came through the Jews, for they were blessed with the law. But salvation was for all mankind, even the Gentile. I am the door. If anyone enters through me, he will be saved. And he will go in and out and find pasture. That simply means security, comfort, salvation he is speaking of a spiritual condition but then he says in verse 10 the thief comes only to steal and murder and destroy that is the description of these pharisaicals The description of these brutes, these tyrants, these oppressors, who were filled with self-righteous indignation, who were filled with greed. They sought the praise of men. They were blinded by their own hypocrisy. They were corrupt, yet they masqueraded themselves before the people behind the pulpit as angels of light to be trusted. Religious leaders... The scholarly, the educated, and there is no inherent sin in scholarly enterprise or educated means. But when your heart, your motive is corrupted, then your life will produce corrupt ways, and all you will see will be corrupted. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, they come in through a different way. They infiltrate, they manipulate, and they dominate. And the East Coast Church of Christ has been given the insight and wisdom of such corrupt characters. And we are now wise to discern them and remove ourselves from them, avoid them, and mark them. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. Look at what they did to this poor man who could now see. Look at what they tried to do with him and his family. These individuals practice unrighteous division. They divided that family. They divide families and friendships and synagogues, churches. This is the descriptive nature of these thieves. They steal and murder and destroy. But Christ, very different... I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Not only life, but in its abundance. These Pharisees destroy, they kill, they steal. But I came to liberate you from them and sin to set you free. And those who are paying attention are hearing His voice. I am the good shepherd. Verse 11. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Ezekiel 34:10. Prophesied to happen. Quite the difference. The pharisee is self-absorbed. He is selfish. It's for his own gain, his own belly, his own fleshly desires. The Christ is selfless. The Pharisees demanded blood from the people and burdened them with great heavy weight. The Christ came to give his blood. To set us free. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The Pharisees would demand the sheep lay down their lives for them. What a powerful verse. Verse 12, he who is a hired hand. Remember, these are the descriptive tones of these Jews, these religious leaders, thieves and robbers and strangers, and now hired hand. Now the hired hand is still among them, but of a lesser degree. The hired hand is described in, again, his own self-worth. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who is not the owner of the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. They allow the Pharisees to do what they do, for they work for the Pharisees. But their own selfishness would not demand they lay down their life for the sheep. So if there's any trouble coming, they're just going to let the wolves eat the sheep. Hey, I'm just paying the rent here. I'm just a hired help. I'm just a hired hand. These were the kinds that you could not trust and put your life with. They would not protect you. He flees, verse 13, because he is a hired hand and is not concerned about the sheep. He just wants his pay. You want to enter the synagogue, which belongs to the corrupt and to the, to, to the Pharisee, paid in individuals, the officers, I'm not going to die for them. I just need the pay. That's all I'm concerned about. Again, it's to show the very shallow nature of these kinds that are not our friends. I am the good shepherd, verse 14, and I know my own and my own know me. Ezekiel thirty four twenty three. Christ is but speaking the scriptures and fulfilling them. Scriptures they've read. They were born and raised to recite, teach, and preach, and meditate upon. Even as the Father knows me, verse 15, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. The thieves and robbers, they murder, don't they? The hired hand, he's not going to risk his neck for you. It's about the money. But Jesus, the Christ, he will give us life and he will lay down his so that we can have the forgiveness of our sins. Even as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I laid down my life for the sheep, I have other sheep, verse 16, which are not of this fold. I must bring them also. And they will hear my voice, and they will become one flock with one shepherd. He is speaking of the Gentiles. He is speaking of the Greek. That there would no longer be Jew or Gentile. There would be one Christian. Romans 1.16 And it is interesting again how Christ spoke to them in this fashion. Very offending to the religious leaders of the day. Matthew chapter 11. No, Matthew chapter 8, verse 11 and 12. If I say to you that many will come from east and west and recline at the table with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. I say to you that many will come from east and west and recline at the table with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. That's the Gentiles. But the sons of the kingdom, that's the Jews, will be cast out into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Strong language towards people who were seen as the religious leaders of the day. But you see, God's plan always involved the Gentiles. We are the Gentiles. I must bring them also, he says, and they will hear my voice. Remember the recorded accounts, witnessed accounts we've read and gone through thus far in chapters prior. The Jews were reluctant. They were shallow. They sought sensational ways But the foreigners, the Gentiles, the heathens, the pagans, they heard his voice. Interesting indeed. Interesting indeed. I must bring them also and they will hear my voice and they will become one flock with one shepherd, one people. For this reason, he says in verse 17, the Father loves me because I laid down my life so that I may take it again. The Father is pleased that the Son is willing to lay down His life so that the redemption of mankind can be made possible. No one, verse 18, has taken it No one has taken it away from me. But I lay it down, pay attention, on my own initiative. Who's in control here? The very thing, the very act of sin and lawlessness that the Pharisaical kind, the Sanhedrin, the religious leaders of the day, the Jews, the very thing they were seeking to accomplish, was the very thing that was going to set us free from our sins. They wanted to murder him. (laughs) They were working for God and they didn't even know it. They were too blind to see it. Because through their wanting to accomplish that death on the cross for Christ was going to be the moment we are liberated from these very corrupt individuals. And sin, lawlessness, truly mind-blowing. For this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life so that I may take it again. No one has taken it away from me, but I lay it down of my own initiative. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This commandment I received from my Father. He has the authority for it. Now, of course, as a result, once again, of the truth being proclaimed with great strength. Verse 19. A division occurred again among the Jews because of these words. Some are going to seek to remain loyal to the Pharisee. Sadly. Sadly they find comfort under the wing of a dragon, a dragon that will soon devour them and spit them out. But others can't deny the truth. Look, a division occurred again among the Jews because of these words, and you can see, of course, in verse 16 of uh, chapter, what was it now? Where is it? Let me find it verse 16 of chapter 9 therefore some of the pharisees were saying this man is not from god because he does not keep the sabbath but others were saying how can a man who is a sinner perform such signs and there was a division among them some were like the man cannot be the man can't be the devil the man can't be a samaritan the man can't be wrong the man can't be a sinner and now the Pharisees, he is. And so division again. Verse 20, chapter 10. Many of them were saying, many, that means most, the majority of them were saying, he has a demon and is insane. Why do you listen to him? Why do you listen to Jesus for? He's insane. He's toxic. He's an abuser. He's abusive. They were so blind to the fact that they were guilty of the very accusations they threw against Jesus. And we all know what that looks like, don't we? The thieves and the robbers were trying to accuse Christ as being a thief and a robber. Those who were not thinking properly were trying to call Christ insane. psychological abusers look at chapter 8 verse 48 the jews answered and said to him do we not say rightly that you are a samaritan and have a demon see if you have a demon you've lost your self-control you've lost your mind they were the ones being controlled by their paternal ancestry jesus told them who that was the devil a murderer and a liar from the very beginning. But verse 21, others were saying, These are not the sayings of one demon possessed. A demon cannot open the eyes of the blind, can he? They had enough sense to recognize that a demon removes you from the ability of seeing. And this man gave sight... And so a division took place. The religious leaders drove out the man who had been healed. Christ received him. Many of us can be driven out by the hands of Pharisees but we are united in Christ and we find freedom in His pasture and we can go to and fro in our lives with His freedom. We don't need to live with the oppression of sin. We do not need to live with the oppression of tyrants and sadly there are many of those kinds that have crept in unnoticed in the church and have taken over a great many places and locations and ways. And but for you and I, we have freedom. We have healing. We have comfort. We have eternal life. If they would have only looked at that, if they would have only saw that, if they would have stopped trusting in the Pharisees and started to trust Christ, they would have been illegible For the new birth. We conclude this session again with verse... uh, Where was it now? Verse 9. I am the door. If anyone enters through me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. How does anyone enter through Christ? Christ. That is the question an honest student of the Bible would ask. That is a question they would have asked. And the answer, again, he spoke of it in in authority. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you are born out of water and the Spirit, you cannot. You cannot be saved. You see, because... It is when you are immersed, dipped, plunged, submerged, buried, clothed into what? Christ. That we have forgiveness of sins. That we are added to his church. And that's a beautiful thing for all who are honest. To deny themselves and pick up the cross daily. What a powerful thing our Lord and Master has spoken. Okay, well, that will conclude our sermon session for this time. Uh, we will now uh, continue with a song.